Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. I'm Jim Richards. I just can't wait to share with you this wonderful message that I've got today. You know, we're, we're coming down to the end of the year for many of you. You've gone for, through a Christmas season. It may have been good for you. It may have been bad for you. Uh, and it really, it really doesn't matter. The question is not, what do you have? What is life giving you? That's, that's really not the question. The question is, what will you choose to have? Here's an amazing thing that we understand about, about how the mind works. Uh, and really, from a biblical perspective, we understand how authority works. You know, religious people think that authority is running around screaming, you know, stop in the name of Jesus, do this in the name of Jesus. And, that, and that's exercising authority. It's really, you know, like, I, I guess it could, some people could say that that would be true. But the real truth is, the most basic way we exercise authority is when we make decisions. And the real truth is, according to the ancient Hebrew uh, sages, the, the, the time that we are the most godlike is when we make decisions about our life, where we want it to go, what's going to happen, because then we are expressing the fact that we are created in the likeness and the image of God and that we are sovereign. Now, sovereignty doesn't mean you're in control of everything. It doesn't mean you can do anything you want to do. But sovereignty means nothing outside of you acts on you. You make your choices independently. One of the greatest things about being created in the likeness and the image of God is we get to make our own choices. And most of the things that we pray about are things that Jesus, first of all, said, don't pray about these things. You don't even have to worry about things. these things. God has got you covered. So <clears throat> many of the things that we pray about are not expressions of faith, they're expressions of unbelief. We don't believe God's a good God. We don't believe he's willing to take care of you. And I know many of you can just jump over right now and say, well, wait a minute, you don't, you don't know what I've been through. Well, let me tell you something. You don't know what I've been through. And I've spent the last 49 years ministering to people that came out of horrible situations and watching their life change because they believe the truth about how they were created, and then they believe the truth about how good God was. Then they believe the truth about how much God wanted to help them. And then they believe the truth about every promise being ours through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And you know what? People like that are unstoppable, not because they're a personality types, not because they're just going to run over you and use force, but it's just they, in quietness and confidence, they have strength. They just know that they can make a decision. They can trust God. They don't have to jump through a bunch of religious hoops and things can change. You know, I was just thinking the other night, a friend of ours came over, a good friend of my wife's and, and well, a good friend of mine as well, but uh, uh, she and my wife were really, really close. And so very often Brenda will, uh, Brenda will cook something for her before she goes to work. She's a nurse and she works you know, these, these long, long shifts. And so uh, Brenda will call her all the time to say, well, swing by here. I got something for you. And she'll come by and Brenda have her a great meal cook because everybody that knows Brenda knows she is an incredible cook. 
And so, uh, you know, our friend, will, our friend will swing by. I was thinking about her the other night when she came by. You know, right now, you know, not only is, is she a nurse, has a great job, which she couldn't have gotten that job without going to school. And, uh, and she owned her own business and she owns her own home, a nice home. And my mind raced back to when, when we first got to know her. And she had two kids and was married to a deadbeat husband that would not support her kids. They did everything he could to hurt her financially. And by all statistical factors, she should have ended up on welfare, uh, living by the skin of her teeth. But she, you know, she accepted this thing about who we are in Jesus, how we were created, how good God is, and the promises of God are sure for us because we're in Jesus. But again, we spend almost all of our prayer time asking God for things that Jesus told us not to even bother asking for. And then to add to that, we keep asking God to do things that uh, we are supposed to do. Now, here's an amazing thing. The moment I make a decision, if it is in line with and in harmony with um, what God has provided for me through the Lord Jesus Christ, the real truth is, if I am open to him, if I'm trusting him, I don't really have to beg him to leave me. I don't have to beg him to do a bunch of things. I just keep my heart open and follow where he leads. And I'll tell you, you can get to where, where you can recognize how God is leading you beyond anything you have ever experienced in any form of communication with anybody in the world that you have ever known. And I'm telling you what, you're talking about having, having peace and security and confidence and knowing that you will reach your goals and real dreams. Now, every year in January, I generally teach something about starting over, setting goals, uh, finding your success, fulfilling your dreams, and this sort of thing. But so many times, uh, we, we, we can set new goals. We can do all of those things that we do. But the problem is, if I'm still the same person that I was last year, then I'm going to make the same mistakes again this year. And so, so really, there's no point in starting over if, start, if I'm going to start over and I've got the same weaknesses that I had last year. I've got the same blind spots that I had last year. I've got the same insecurities. I want to talk to you and I want to equip you to start over with a clean slate. The only thing that you need to know about your past or your, particularly your past failures is re remember how much pain came into your life because uh, you didn't follow uh, God's wisdom, because you didn't make decisions, because you, you trusted everybody except God. Learn from the mistakes, and learn from mistakes means, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own where my pain is coming from, and I'm not going to blame it on God. I'm not going to blame on anybody. I'm just going to, I'm not going to blame myself. I'm just going to say, I've got a weakness there. I've got a blind spot there. Or, or, or I've made some mistakes there, or I rebelled there, whatever, whatever you have to own, disown it. You know, I want to teach you how to start over in a way that you're not just making a bunch of resolutions, you're actually wanting to start over as a new person. You know, the Bible talks a lot about believing things in our heart. What's interesting about that, the heart is, is the primary factor that is left out of Almost all biblical teaching, pretty much, um, you know, within the first hundred years after Jesus was raised from the dead, 
the whole concept of the heart was pretty much dropped out of almost all teaching, not all of it, you know, but uh, when you go back and look at how many times the heart is used in the Bible, and you look at, at, at the fact that uh, all of our interaction with God, if it's going to be real, it's got to happen from our heart. If we're going to be operating in faith, it's got to be something we, we believe in our heart. If we're going to get born again, we've got to believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, I'm telling you, you go on and on and on through this list of factors where if the heart is left out, then the, really the truth is you're, you're not in faith and you're not interacting with God. Now, here's, here's one of the things about the heart. The heart, what the Bible calls the heart, and, and we now are starting to understand more and more of this, even medically today, but what the Bible calls the heart is the seat of the real you. And the seat of the real you, you know, this is, this is where all that you are, body, soul, and spirit comes together and melds together. And, and so in, in your heart, you have, you have who you are in your relationship with God. You have who you are in your relationship to the world. You have the emotions and, and the thoughts and the beliefs that you may be struggling with. All these things come together to define or, or lead you into expressing who you believe yourself to be. Well, when you believe something in your heart, particularly when you believe something that's based on the truth of the gospel, when you believe who you are in Jesus, it alters the way you experience yourself. And so when you, when you have a life change at the heart level, if you will, then it's effortless because if this is who you are, if being successful is who you are, then that's just what you're going to do. If being a loving relational person is who you are, then you're going to be a loving relational person. It's going to be what you do. You will do, you will express in every aspect of your life, your relationship with God, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your friends. You will express in every aspect of your life who you believe yourself to be. And so the real truth is, if we want to start over, it's, it's really not a matter of just saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get a new plan. I'm going to go get some, I'm going to go get some success coaching. I'm going to learn how to set goals. All of those things are good. I am not against any of those things, but all of those things are useless if we don't learn how to influence our heart. So when I talk about starting over, I'm talking about a whole new beginning. You know, when we come to Jesus, we, we get born again. Now, being born again does not mean that we suddenly step into all that God has for us. It doesn't mean we start walking in the fullness of the Spirit, any of those kinds of things. It just means that we have been born again. We are no longer a slave. All of the things in life that have destroyed us. Now, the problem is we have spent our entire life coming up with a value system, a belief system, uh, our, you know, our ethics, our values, our morals, all these things, we have learned them over a lifetime. Now, when we get born again, we are immediately freed from that. And the real truth is we can walk out of that. As a matter of fact, uh, Jesus said in John 3, 3, when we get born again, born of the Spirit, he says, then we can perceive the kingdom of God. Didn't say we enter the kingdom of God. We can perceive the kingdom of God. Now, if I, if I revert back to trusting all of the things and all the ways that I succeeded and made money and did all these things, if I revert back to applying those same principles, 
that I revert back to the pain, the suffering, the unhappiness, the misery that 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 life brought to me. But if I instead uh, begin to build my life around a an intimate relationship with God, where I discover who He is through the Word of God, I experience who He is through through prayer, through connection, through communication. And the truth is, I I step into a whole new way of life, and I begin to renew my mind, and I begin to influence my heart about who I really, really am. And then I enter into this wonderful journey of uh, effortless transformation. I just I, I just go there because I'm changing my beliefs. I go there because I'm interacting with God. I'm, I'm experiencing the power of God. So we get born again instantly when we get saved, and we have the potential to become and do and be anything that God says we can become and do and be, and we can do it effortlessly. It can grow totally out of our personal involvement with God. And, uh, but, you know, Jesus taught us a principle. You remember Jesus washed the disciples' feet at one point in time, and Jesus told them, he said, now look, uh, you, you don't have to take a bath. He said, he said, you know, you've been made clean. You don't have to take a bath. But you do need to wash your feet every now and then because walking through this world, you get dirty. And, and he is presenting a principle there that basically says for the rest of our lives, because we are in this world, we're being influenced by this world, because we got people around us that influence, we got advertising that influences, government agencies that influence us, schools and colleges and seminaries and all of these different institutions that all try to influence how we're going to see ourselves, how we're going to see God, and how we see the world. So our feet get dirty every single day. And, you know, I don't know about you, but if I was living in the times of Jesus, or if you were living in the times of Jesus, you have to ask yourself, would I go out and walk in a pair of sandals and my feet be filthy and dirty? And would I go home and crawl in bed with my spouse with these dirty feet and take all that dirt into my bed with me. No, you wouldn't. You'd wash your feet. And so there's a concept here. There's a metaphorical concept here that says, uh, just like my feet get dirty from walking through this world, my heart gets dirty. My, my thinking gets dirty. I get goofed up. I see things I wish I hadn't seen. I hear things I wish I had not heard. And so there's a concept then that emerges that most people, because of the influence of religion, have made it just negative. They have made it hard. They have made it unscriptural. They have, and, and really the doctrine of suffering, which is not, absolutely not in the Bible, the doctrine that God develops us through suffering, I am telling you, is a denial of everything that Jesus did for us through the death, burial, and resurrection. How God transformed us is, number one, he, he just wants us to be teachable. Read the Word, get in a connection with Him, and, and let the Holy Spirit become our teacher. You know, when you read the Bible, people, people make the excuse all the time, well, it's it, it just too complicated. No, really, that's just your excuse because you really don't want to read it. It's real simple. Don't read it looking for theology. Don't read it looking for these great big old deep revelations because then it does get complicated because you're trying to make something happen that's not even natural. The purpose of the Word of God is to show you who God is, but also uh, to uh, give you the tools you need for daily life. That includes making a living. That includes being a parent. That includes being a spouse. That includes 
be an influence on your on your community, all all those kinds of things. And so, uh, you know, the greatest way to pray is what I call scriptural meditation. Scriptural meditations, where I'm just reading the Bible in a good translation that I can understand, as and I'm and I'm always reading it with my heart open and saying, Father, whatever I can learn from this, show me how I can apply this to my life. I got news for you. There will be things that will jump off the page at you every single day, and you will walk out and face the world inspired. And here's the incredible thing. Anything that God shows you what to do, he provides the power for you to do it. So the power of God starts working in you just because you're opening your heart to God and allowing him to be, allowing him to be your teacher. But the whole idea is this, you know, uh, uh, Jesus told us, he said, you know, we, we need to take up our cross and we need to follow him. The apostle Paul said, made reference to the fact that he dies daily. Uh, in the book of Galatians, he says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the son, son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he is presenting this paradoxical concept of the fact that I am dead, but I'm alive. I'm, I'm the same person, but I am that person made brand new. I, you know, I'm walking and moving around physically by my own strength, but everything that's happening to me spiritually, morally, ethical, ethically, all of those things are happening by the Holy Spirit working in me. Yes, I am still the same person you've always known um, in the natural sense, in the physical sense, but that person that I was before I came to Jesus is dead, buried, and gone. He, he's not here. But, but again, I'm walking through this world. As I walk through this world, man, I'm telling you what, I, I get dirty. I, you know, I make bad mistakes. Some of, them, some of them are mistakes, and some of them are just outright disobedience. Some of them uh, are, are, are failures. Some of them are just acts of rebellion. And you, you know we, we all do it. We all struggle through those kinds of things. But if I am willing to die daily, if I am willing to say, oh, oh wait a minute. Now, you know, I, I, that's, that's not who I am. That's not who I have chosen to be. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't have to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I've been that person before. It didn't come out that good for me. I want to be a new creation in Christ. And so the thing we start realizing, remember, religion has always told us dying daily. They made it negative, painful, and, you know, God's going to make you suffer. If you suffer enough, then no, if you are teachable enough. That's, that's the real issue. Only the, the Bible, there, the Hebrew and Greek word for fool, uh, there are several different words that the English translate as fool or as foolish. And in general, the, the, the greatest trait of a, of a foolish person is that they will not learn by instruction. So if you don't learn by instruction, then you end up into in the consequences of your foolishness. Now, religion will tell you that those consequences, that is God that, that punishing you. That's God dealing with, that's God making you suffer so you'll learn through suffering. No, that's, that's not at all what the Bible teaches. When I enter into consequences for my foolishness, I am suffering for my foolishness. And the Holy Spirit, no matter how far I get down this track, as I choose to close the Holy Spirit out of my life, 
The Holy Spirit is always going to be there saying, look, I got a better way. Come on. I'm going to show you how to trust God. Come on. Let's get past this and let's get into the promises of God. And the Holy Spirit will deliver you from these hardships, from these messes, from all this pain that's in your life. And if you'll keep your eyes open and keep connected to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, then what will happen is God will teach you how to have the very best things in life that you that you can have without destroying yourself. He'll teach you. The Bible says that that he can cause you to prosper without trouble uh, because it's not prosperity that's driven by greed and all those kinds of things. So, you know, we're getting ready to enter into a new year. And he, here's the thing. I, I want you to prosper. I want you to I want you to move ahead in ways that you never have. But again, it's not going to make any difference if you go into it with the same beliefs, the same limitations, the same shame, the same failure uh, that you had last year. There is you cannot go beyond where you were unless you expand your sense of who you are through the Lord Jesus. The Bible says to guard your heart above all that you guard, for out of it flow all the issues of life. Well, that word issues in the Hebrew could just as well been accurately translated as boundaries. Our heart, what we believe about ourselves and about God, actually establishes boundaries. And, and so we will not let our life get any better than the boundaries that we have established. And, you know, if, we, if we're filled with shame, if we've got low self-worth, if we, if we think we're supposed to suffer, if we think we're supposed to be poor, all those kinds of things, if th then we will set boundaries. And once we move past those boundaries, then stress begins to build up into our life. And we end up either in self-sabotage, we end up in sickness, or we end up in rebellion because we, we don't know how to function in a life that's bigger than we believe we are. We don't, we don't know how to enjoy a life that's bigger, uh, that, that takes us out into something we think we are not worthy to receive. And one of the reasons the church has never influenced the world the way God told it to, because we refuse to believe all of God's promises about living a great life. We bought into the Luciferian lie that said that we should suffer and that God wants us to suffer and that God's going to make us suffer. And suffering is the way that he is going to teach. We, we bought into all of that. And so why do our, what our kids, why would our grandkids, why would our neighbors, why would anybody want a life that's going to bring more pain to them than they're already having? Uh, you know, God told the, the, the children of Israel that if they, would, if they would walk in his wisdom, that the nations of the world would see what an incredible nation they were. They would see what fairness and true justice looks like, and they would come to the nation of Israel and his temple would become a house of prayer for all nations, not just for the Jews. Well, the Jews blew that. They didn't walk in God's wisdom. They didn't obey God. They just turned this into a greed fest and tried to use God as a way to prosper and to exercise dominance over other people. Well, then, you know, we come down the road to the church. And so God pretty much tells the church the same thing. It was kind of interesting. The book of Peter uh, tells us to be ready to give an answer for those that ask about the hope that's in us. Now, we should be people of hope. We should be people of optimism. We should be people that through the way we treat one another, the way we talk to one another, the way we manage our lives, people should see that we are people of hope, and they should see that there's something different about us in a very positive way. If they see that there is something different about us, then the real truth is 
at some point in time, they're going to want to know what, why, what is this? Why? I, I you know, I've had, I don't I can't even count how many people over the years have said, why do you keep forgiving me? Why are you still good to me when I haven't been good to you? You know, uh, I remember one time I was working a, a, a job with a bunch of rough guys and, and one of the guys got mad at me about something. I didn't even have anything to do with what he got mad about. But I'm telling you, this guy waited till we were in the lunchroom and he cussed me. He screamed at me and he cussed me. He stood across the table from me. And, you know, uh, if, if he had done that to who I was before I came to Jesus, we'd all gone to jail or the hospital, one or the other. But I didn't do anything. I didn't even react. I just sat there and, and let him do his thing and stomp out the door. And so, uh, you know, I just related to him the same way I always related to him. And it was amazing. Within just a couple of days, man, he was broke down. He said, I ain't been able to sleep a wink since I did that to you the other night. And uh, uh, basically, he ended up apologizing. But one of the big things he wanted, why are you still nice to me? Why, you know, and I got to share Jesus with this guy. I've shared Jesus really with, with I don't even know how many people who hated my guts. Uh, and But because of the way I treated him, because of the way that you know I, I was managing my life, or what, or what part of it they were able to see, they knew there was something different. I'll tell you the easiest uh, witnessing in the world is when people come to you and want to know why you're different. And like I always say, you know, if, if nobody's coming to you and ever asking you why you're different, you're probably not different. But you know, I'll tell you one of the things I understand about this, by the way, we've always bought into this thing that the hardest people to influence are family members. No, they are not. They're the easiest people to influence if if your testimony is your life. Now, if your testimony is just the words that you speak and your life doesn't line up with the words that you speak, yeah, then you can't really, you can't really influence. But if they see the love of God in you, if you treat them like Jesus treats you, they will want to know what's going on with you. And you can minister to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers, to your spouse, to your kids. You can minister to everybody around you. But here, but here's the great thing. If we are, if we are just connecting with God on a very intimate level, then we have the opportunity to be renewed every single day. We do not have to drag one failure from the past into the future. We do not let, have to let the past be a factor in the future other than what we have learned from it. And so, you know, when, when I first started hearing about dying daily and people were telling me how bad this was and that meant we had to suffer, I just couldn't buy into it because I thought, well, wait a minute, Jesus suffered for us so we wouldn't have to suffer. He paid the price that we should pay so that we wouldn't have to do it. And the conclusion that I came to is that if I die every day, then that means every, every morning I get to get up and have a resurrection. See, we so many times in our relationship with God, we're just going to God with this little problem, 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 this little problem. instead of going to God and saying, I, you know, I just want to, I just want to be everything that you want me to be. I, I, I want to be free from the past. I want to live the life that you've called me to live. And so, you know, I realize I don't want to just go beg God to solve problems every time I go. I just want to go and be in his presence. And what I have discovered is if I will abide in his presence, just being in his presence will work in my life. It will, it will bring about transformation that I, in areas I don't even know to pray about, wouldn't even know how to pray about. And if I probably knew about them and had to pray about them, I really probably wouldn't have the confidence that he would be able to solve. Listen, I am going to start uh, 
in January, and I'm going to be teaching you some things about entering into a quality of life, a dimension of reality that you probably always thought was beyond anything that you could ever experience. I'm telling you, it's going to be some of the most encouraging. So I hope you'll be back with me. I hope you'll go to my website and check out everything I've got to help you grow, fulfill your destiny, fulfill your dreams. And also be sure to check out all of the specials that we've got because every, you know, we offer some great, great product specials this time of the year. And the great thing is we take that money and we use the income from those specials to reach the entire world. And if you don't have the money to buy those things, here's the great thing. I have got over a thousand free videos on the website, drjimrichards.com or impactministries.com. And I'm telling you something, uh, you will have more to invest in your life than you can ever afford to buy the rest of your life. All right, God bless you. I'm going to talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.